Welcome to the teaching ministry of Reverend JFK Mensa, a seasoned Bible teacher with over 40 years of ministry experience. He is a pastor, a church planter, a missionary, and an international conference speaker. He is passionate about making Christ-like disciples worldwide. JFK Mensa is the General Overseer of Great Commission Church International. May you be transformed as you listen to the Word of God. We ask that this evening, as we begin our Easter celebrations, that your spirit will indeed come alongside and give us the proper spirit of Easter. Help us to appreciate our state and appreciate the gifts of God and His amazing love. In Jesus' name. Amen. Personally, I debate whether my high point in the year is Christmas or Easter. But both of them have had such an impact on me that if all the governments of the earth and United Nations and all human beings vote against Easter and Christmas, I will celebrate until I die. It's a personal conviction and decision. This evening, we are beginning our Easter messages with God's amazing love. Humanity did not deserve. I want to spend a few minutes convincing you that God's love is amazing, is unstoppable, is unquenchable, is infinite, and heavenly. The first scripture is in John chapter 17. In verse 5 and verse 24, Jesus reveals in his high priestly prayer that the Father loved him before the foundation of the earth, before the world began. Yes. John 17, 
Jesus was praying and he told them that he had glory with the Father before the world began. Yes, and verse 24. 24 now. Read 24 and we read. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory. The glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Before the creation of the world, God and Jesus had a love relationship between them. And this means that God's being love is not because he created human beings. It's not because he created the world. First John chapter 4, verse 7, verse 8, and verse 16, John points out that anyone who loves is of God. Because love is of God. And that God is love. First John 4, 7. Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Ah, you know, the same John who said in John 4, 24 that God is spirit, said in 1 John 1, 5, that God is light, is holy, there is no darkness in him. Then he says here that God is love. It means that the essential nature of God is that he loves. This love is a love which is heavenly. It is love which we can call amazing, not because of human beings, but because by nature, God is love. And Jesus says in John 3.35, the Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hands. In John 5, verse 19, Jesus said, 19 and 20, Jesus said that the Son can of himself do nothing but what he sees the Father doing. Everything the Father does, the Son does likewise. And because the Father loves the Son, everything he does, he shows it to the Son. The, in John 15, verse 9, he told his disciples, just as my father has loved me, so have I loved you. I want to convince you that it's not because of you that God became love. You know, human beings are so proud, they feel that we have entered this 21st century with five groups of people. And that's the second part of my message. That humanity did not deserve 
God's love. We have entered 21st century with group one, which says, I came through evolution. Therefore, what is this love thing you are talking about? For me, I am just there. I'm a child of the universe. And my grandfather was a chimpanzee. So why, why are you troubling me about love and hatred and all? Group two says, there's nothing wrong with man. Even if God created us, we are okay. So, some of the religions even make Adam a prophet. They call him Adam. He's a prophet. And our motivational speakers, they say, you can be anything you want to be. If you really want it seriously, you can be. You can be anything. And you can do anything. Then there is the group three. Mostly second, third, fourth generation Christians. They feel that their father, their mother has served God for so long. They deserve God's love. They, they feel that, oh, but what is God doing there? He has no, no other choice but to love you. Look at my father. Look at my mother. God, you are, you are stuck with me. Now, group four, they are even worse. They want to come to Jesus and the church, but live exactly the way they want. They have always been living. They don't see why they should change. What's all this noise? You know, God knew I was like this before he saved me. So what is his problem? Didn't he know I was like this? And the last group, they even praise Satan. They feel that, you know, God will be wicked to put people in hell. And they don't see why a God who is a God of love can allow so much suffering in the world. He allows so much pain. And if he says he's God of love, why, why, what is his problem? Why does he stop all these wars and plagues and COVID-19 and I, I, you know But, I want us to trace the history of man. And because I am afraid we might not get there, I want to start with the end of my story. The most shocking thing I find about myself is that I have been a Christian, born again Christian, water baptized, Holy Spirit filled, tongue speaking Christian. This is my 47th year. But I am still tempted. 
I thought if I got married, girls would not tempt me. I was shocked. After marriage, girls were tempting me. I thought that as I age, you know, after 60, you are a senior citizen. So you won't be tempted. It's a lie. I am disappointed in my heart. Because I've never backslided by the grace of God since I became a Christian. Each year, I was reading my Bible too. I pray regularly. I go to church. I have been a pastor and a senior leading pastor from age 26. This is my 42nd year as an ordained pastor. Why, why is my heart like that? Now, let's read Revelations chapter 20. From verse 7, we are told the story that they bound Satan for a thousand years. And Jesus ruled. He ruled for a thousand years with the saints. And under his righteous judgment and rulership, Everything was excellent. But after a thousand years, Satan was released to deceive the nations. And he got people to deceive. Yes. Revelation chapter 20 verse 7. When the thousand years are over, Satan will be released from his prison. Yes. And will go out to deceive the nations in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, and to gather them for battle. In number, they are like the sand on the seashore. Can you believe it? After a thousand years, under the presidency of Jesus Christ, when Satan was released, he got people to deceive. Like the sand on the seashore. Now let's go to the beginning. Genesis chapter 1 verse 27 says, Without our writing an application letter to God, He created us in His image and after His likeness. And verse 28 says, He blessed us. He made us ruler over all the works of His hands. Psalm 8 verse 6 says, He crowned us with glory and honor, and He put all things under our feet. Genesis 1.31 says, God inspected everything He had made, and saw it was very good. Then, God put man in the garden, gave him a wife, planted every tree good for food, and visited him to name animals one after another. Then, with his wife, in Genesis chapter 3, we are told that Satan visited the garden. It was the first time Eve ever met Satan. 
Then Satan said, has God said, you should not eat of any of the trees of this garden? And the woman said, no, 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 that's not true. He said, we, should, we can eat any, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, we should not eat it. The day we touch it, we shall die. Then Satan said, ha, ha, small boys are young. You won't die. God is a traitor. He is keeping you in oppression and slavery. You stretch forth your hand and touch it and eat and see. Your eyes will be open. You will be like God. And the woman ate the fruit and gave to Adam her husband. She was deceived. That's what First Timothy 2 from verse 11 to 15 says. The woman was deceived. But Adam was not deceived. He, he seemed high-handed. So man is a rebel. If it were the devil who created human beings, how would we be? God made us and we are like this. God made us and we are like this. If it were Satan who made human beings, how would we be? Then Cain was born. And he wanted to kill his brother. And God came to Cain in Genesis 4-7. And said, sin is crouching at your door. Don't, don't give it a chance. If you do well, will you not be accepted? And the verse 8 says, Cain invited his brother outside to the field and killed him. Eve was deceived. Adam sinned deliberately. But Cain sinned by choice. These are your first parents and mine. And Romans 5.12 says, because of Adam's sin, sin entered the world and spread on all men. We are sinners by inheritance. We are first rebels and sinners by inheritance. Then we are sinners too by choice. Now, I always grieve when I read Genesis 6, 5 and 6. The Bible says, God saw that every imagination of the heart of man was only evil continually. Yes. Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. He, it was only evil all the time. Every inclination of the heart of man and his imagination was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth, and his heart was deeply troubled. It pained God. He made human beings. It pained him. I pray, oh God, let it never pain you that you created me. And even the only man 
whom God found righteous, Noah. Genesis 6 verse 9. Even that man, after the flood, he got drunk, was naked in his tent, and that's the righteous man for you. So, Genesis 8.21, God said, I will never curse the earth again and flood it all. Because human beings, they are like that. Like that, like that. Genesis 8.21 The Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, Never again will I curse the ground because of humans, even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood. There! Every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood. Then they build the Tower of Babel. Let it, you know, after the flood, Noah's children know that it should touch heaven. So that when God floods again, heaven too will be flooded. That's it. Because the flood was so high that they all perished. Now they should build a tower which will be foolproof. It should touch the heavens. Let God bring a flood again. He himself will be flooded. Jeremiah 17, 9 is clear. He says, the heart of man is deceitful above all things and is desperately wicked. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Yes, I like that. It's beyond cure. Who can understand it? You see, as you sit there, your heart is beyond cure. Many Christians feel they are not that bad. That's why Jesus saved them. He is savable. That's, you know, I'm the kind that God will save, you know. Because the way I am, God has no choice. Jesus said in John chapter 8 verse 34, that anyone who commits sin is a slave of sin. So, you know, the Bible puts it neatly. Romans chapter 6, verse 17 and 18. It says, you were once slaves of sin. Now, we are slaves to be slaves of righteousness. But Romans chapter 7 kills me. He explains that God's law is good. There is nothing wrong with the law of God. But I, I have a problem. I am carnal. I'm sold under sin. And there is a law, a principle of sin, which is working within me, so that even if I want to do good, I'm not able to do it. There's no power. If I don't want to do evil, I find myself doing the bad thing. Just read the verse. Uh, okay, the verse 23 is good. But I see another law at work in me. Yes. Which war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. Now, let's take ourselves to court. Let's take the whole human race to court. You are not Adam. You are not Eve. You are not Cain. But Romans chapter 1, from verse 18 to 20, he argues that when you get up in the morning 
and you see the sun. Did you create the sun? When you see the moon, when you see the seas and the mountains, do you ask yourself whether the, the fetish in your hometown is the person who created the sea? So all human beings who sin are without excuse. Verse 20. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen. Yes. Being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. People are without excuse. Human beings are without excuse. They are without excuse. You feel for them. They don't feel for themselves. The scripture says they are without excuse. And Ephesians chapter 4 from verse 17 to 19 is a graphic description of how evil a typical human being is. Ephesians 4, 17 to 19. So I tell you this. And insist on it in the Lord. I tell you this and I insist on it in the Lord. That you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. Yes. In the futility of their thinking. Their mind is zero. It's futile. They yes. are darkened in their understanding. And their understanding is dark, dark. And separated from the life of God. And because they are separated from the life of God. Because of the ignorance that is in them. Yes. Due to the hardening of their heart. Their hearts are hardened. Yes. Having lost all sensitivity. That's the part I, I, I tremble. They have lost all sensitivity. I remember very well. We were coming from school. From Cape Coast. And we got to Tudu here. The details... I can't tell in public. But here was this sixth former. He had found a girl from, um, I forgot him whether, no, not Wesley Girls, probably Holy Child or uh, Agri Memorial. And, you know, when they were in the bus, we were in the bus, they were conversing. And the conversation turned sexual. And we got to the Tudu station, the bus stop. And this boy wanted to have sex with the girl at the bus stop. And I, 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 you know, something in me said, oh, all of us are mad, but some people are madder. He said, having lost all sensitivity. Yes. They have given themselves over to sensuality, mm. so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. You see, Romans chapter 3 from verse 10, he says, there is none righteous. No, not one. There's none understands. There's, everybody is a sinner. There's no fear of God before their eyes. And Isaiah 64 verse 6 says, because of that, even the good works we do, they are like filthy rags before God. Because the motives behind what we are doing, even when you are doing good, the very motive 
It's because your conscience is defiled. Your mind is wrong. Your emotions are warped. And your understanding is darkened. And you are, you, so even when you are doing good, the good is soiled. The Bible is clear. Even if you are given a thousand years to change, you can't change on your own. No human being deserves the love of God. Absolutely no human And Satan rules the world. And he has no love in him. John 8, 44. He is a murderer and a liar. John 10, 10. He says he's a thief. He comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But 1 John 5, 19 says the whole world lies under his power. Jesus 2, 2 says he rules. He has at work in the hearts of the children of disobedience. And 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says he has blinded the minds of unbelievers. So, humanity does not deserve God's amazing love. This is you and I in the court of justice of heaven. You know, sometimes it seems to us that we are not so bad. There are dresses you can put on in the night because the death cannot be seen. But in the presence of a God who is holy, 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 whose laws are righteous and just, There is nothing about you that is worth saving. If Jesus has had grace, extended grace to locate you and save you, it's only your heart which tells you you are not so bad. And it is just because you have not measured yourself before the righteous standard of God. This is not just a guilt trip like the psychologists say. It is human nature. You are a sinner by choice, a sinner by inheritance, a sinner by habit, a sinner because you, you, you rebel. You, you are a sinner through and through. No part of you is left untouched. This Easter season, I want you to bring your heart to where it belongs before the justice of God. And appreciate His goodness, His kindness, His mercy, His love. And see why left to yourself you can never be saved. You can never escape hell. Our Father and our God, we have come this evening to declare on the behalf of all humanity that we need a Savior.
We need a savior desperately because of our own. There is nothing deserving in us of your love. Lord, even those who are not yet convinced, I pray that your spirit and the Bible verses will chase them home and, and, and convict them and make them see sin for what it is and declare their unworthiness in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for this season in Jesus' name. Amen. Follow JFK Men's Ministries on Facebook and YouTube and invite others to listen to his podcast. You can also access some of JFK Mensa's books and keep up with his ministry at www.jfkmensaministries.org. God bless you.